Hello, everybody, and welcome to GameSpot After Dark. It's kind of, I, yeah, I got to move my headphones. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Can't hear myself in these. Uh, hi, I'm John Lucas Seipke, your host this week, and I am joined by Jacob Decker here in the studio. Hello. I don't host anymore. Uh, it's not in my contract. I yeah, can't. We gave you that one freebie last week, and that was, yeah, that it was, was a it. celebration. I can't do it anymore. That was actually a test, and you failed. <laughs> and I failed. You failed. Damn it. You're not allowed. Damn. I hate to see it. Uh, and joining in uh, from remote, it is Jordan Ramey. Jordan, hello. Hi. Hello. Hello. Apologies that I cannot make it into the office this Thursday. Oh, good. Um, this is only for video listeners, but why don't you scoot yourself over just like a little slightly? You're, you're getting kind of cut off on the stream um this way yeah there you go yep. you're good yes. yes nailed it uh we're very professional it's always here. hard when it's reflected i'm like am i supposed to move to the right or move to the left <laughs> also i wasn't able to show you what it looked like in advance so you're watching the twitch stream <laughs> anyway it's fine <laughs> i feel like uh jordan is like commanding us to do things just the way yeah. this is oriented you know mm-hmm. he's sure he's, he's got a presence to him and we're just kind of like tiny little guys yes that's, that's not to, true at all. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> perspective-wise. <laughs> all right. Uh, man, big uh, 201. We had we had a really nice 200 episode last week. That was cool. Yeah, and now we've got a real shit yeah. episode for today. Yeah, because exactly. <laughs> everyone said, all right, that's it, 200 episodes, I'm out. And then no one showed up anymore. They all left, so it's just us. Uh, no, it's, it's good. Uh, so yeah, Tim and Lisa are at Comic-Con right now. Um, which like, is there even anything at Comic-Con? Well, there's games at Comic-Con. There is games at Comic-Con. They, they actually are doing stuff. Are, like, aren't doing, they hosting a panel at Comic-Con? They are. They are game related. All yes. game related. The, I mean, I'm sure people have been following the, the writer strikes and the actors, stri- the SAG mm-hmm. strikes and stuff like that. So a lot of like the celebrities and 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 those kind of folks who are supposed to be there i don't think you're there no so. i think they're picketing right now yeah uh, good for them yeah. honestly but yeah uh, uh tim and lucy are doing stuff i think they're going to be shooting some some interviews or impressions of stuff uh that might go up on GameSpot later uh and then yeah lucy's doing a panel for um immortals, immortals of avium of avium and then tam is doing a pinball related panel so that sounds pretty Pinball. cool. Yes. Uh, he was telling me about it, and I was like, that sounds cool. I like pinball. <laughs> you guys like pinball? No, not really. Oh, okay. <laughs> it stresses me out too much. Because I, 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 I feel like this is probably really stupid, and people who play mm-hmm. pinball will be like, that's really dumb. But there is a gap <laughs> that the paddles can't reach. Oh, that sure. It, that it could fall through, and I'm like, if... If it bounces and lands that way, there's nothing I can do to save sounds it. Like Therefore, a skill I'm issue. not interested. Mm. It yeah, I'm about to say, it is. sounds like a skill issue, Jake. Probably yeah. is. <laughs> I think you're just not good, Jake. Uh, yeah, um, no. I, I had a friend who uh, they had a Star Trek The Next Generation pinball machine in their basement. And you could tell they played it all the time because both them and their dad, when they would play it, would just like know exactly how to hit the ball to get like the mm. triple bonus high score like thing. Uh, and they would just rack up like millions and millions and millions of points. And I was like, oh, wow, you guys have you, you played, sure this. Have played this a lot. <laughs> so how much pinball do you think you have to play to like truly understand a machine like all the bumpers and paddles 10, and hours. whatnot? Maybe. That yeah. seems too much. That's too much. much. Yeah. Ten thousand hours is like the hour count to master something, though, right? To become an expert. Yeah, but I mean, based on the way they mm. played it, it seems like you just have to do the math of like, what do I need to hit to get like the highest multiplier, and then you just need to like math out that like perfect. Like, if mm. I hit the paddle, 
and the ball right here, it'll always go in that direction. And then once you do that, you're just like, you're good. So do, do you think you, you guys yeah. have put 10,000 hours in anything? Like, do you think there's something you could say that you put 10,000 hours in and therefore you're like an expert at it? Like the only eating. thing I can think of eating. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Sleeping. I, I don't even think I'm that good at eating or sleeping though, to be fair. <laughs> Because uh, I was gonna say like Adobe Premiere, I probably put in close to ten thousand hours, but <laughs> yeah, I also probably. don't think I'm very good at it because I just edit the same things over and over again. Yeah, I've I've like barely bothered to learn the shortcuts <laughs> or anything like that. Like my optimization game for Adobe Premiere is terrible. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a because uh, I, I feel like there's a difference between like play, like engaging with something and actually like learning to get better about I, it like i feel like it's like gonna yeah. be ten thousand hours of like trying to get better at something or learn something yeah. as opposed to like i don't know i've probably spent like two three hundred hours five hundred hours learning adobe premiere and sure. now it's like i don't know once every like twice a year i feel like richard will be like hey did you know you could do this and i'm like whoa that's amazing that'll cut down on a bunch of time and then i forget about it and don't do it <laughs> richard's a man who's put ten thousand actual yeah. learning hours into adobe premiere <laughs> Uh, writing jordan yeah or it's writing yeah it's like it it, it has to be general stuff it has to be like writing it has to be like playing video games in general like i know i'm better at playing video games now than i was when i was seven years old um but there's nothing i think like very specific like i can't point it's like oh this very specific type of writing or this very specific Mm. game i've poured just (laughs) tens of thousands of hours into it and now i'm just a pro at that one thing it's all general stuff yeah i guess i'm just not an expert at anything i guess with with (laughs) games it's particularly hard because it's like i'm not gonna play ten thousand hours in one game to be an expert at that one game unless it's like a fighting game that you play with friends or like a shooter or something like call of duty i guess but like even then even then it's so much time (laughs) yeah and like with writing i guess like especially you know Mm. At GameSpot, you write news, previews, reviews, interview, like all sorts of stuff. Like even then, I feel like it would be hard to focus on one of those things and become an expert because sure. that's not the job. Yeah, yeah. You have to do a little bit of everything at GameSpot. Mm-hmm. Uh, We're like, nimble. We're talk nimble about here. video games on podcasts. No, I can't do that. Uh, Absolutely cannot do that. Can't do that. <laughs> can't talk about video games on podcasts. <laughs> nope. Well, no, what, I can't. I can't. Do you want to talk about that? I was say you have to. You, <laughs> you played Baldur's Gate three, yeah, and I want yeah, to hear you've all about it. <laughs> I should. I should probably talk about Baldur's Gate three. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I've already <laughs> talked about it quite a bit on other stuff. We haven't talked about it here, though. We haven't talked about it here. Uh, so I played about four, probably like four hours of one in Belgium a couple weeks ago. All right, back up. You went to Belgium. I went to Belgium. How was that with Dan Reichert? <laughs> it was. <laughs> we we had a wonderful time. Uh, if you want to see what kind of time we had, I guess, uh, you can check out the giant bomb vlog we did that just Mm -hmm. went up the other day. Uh, it's quite fun. Uh, it is exactly what you expect it to be. Just Dan Reichert trying to understand another country and to his credit, uh, I really appreciate how willing he is to just ask questions and just go out on a limb and be like, Hey, explain this to me. And then some some guy will explain what Cooberdones are, which are like a 300-year-old sweet that people in Belgium have been eating since then. And now they sell on the streets. It's very good. See, that's the thing about Dan Reichert. Everyone claims like, oh, Dan's, Dan's, he seems like he doesn't know anything. And I'm like, here's the thing. I also don't know anything. I just don't ask. 
I just don't say anything mm-hmm. where Dan is like willing Pretend to, to actually yeah. like he's willing to admit he doesn't know anything and then learn something. So if anything, I feel like he's the better person than me because like I just I just pretend I I just sit there and don't ask questions. I feel the same. So <laughs> an example of this, we went to we got there like, like I was in Europe a couple months ago and I exchanged some money. Uh, and didn't use any of it. Just everywhere used Apple Pay, and I've got Apple Pay. So I was like, I'll just, I'll just do that the entire time. Don't need to worry about cash. So this time, I was like, I'm not going to exchange any money because I don't think I need to. Yeah. And then we show up, and in order to get these Coover Dones, they're cash only. So I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> shit. So I got to figure out how to get cash. And I'm spending like 45 minutes in front of an ATM that's not in English. And like, for yeah. some reason, it was asking for eight numbers for my pin. And I was like, that doesn't make sense. I don't understand this. <laughs> uh, and Dan just walked into the bank being like, hey, can we exchange money? And they're like, no, you can't exchange money here. And he's like, well, where can we? And they're like, at the airport. <laughs> uh, so we we're like, okay, we can't go to the airport. Uh, and I was thinking to myself, you know, like if it was just me, I would just not eat, you know, I just wouldn't exchange money. I'd be like, well, be like, well I'm going to die in this country. That's it. Uh, sure. But, uh, well, I, I guess moral of the story, it doesn't even really pan out because no one could exchange money. Dan's talking to people didn't help. Eventually I just found an ATM machine that I didn't know how to work and then oh, got okay. money from there. Well, there so I guess I won there. <laughs> but anyway, to back it up, Baldur's Gate 3 played, yes. the, played about four hours of the 1.0 version Ooh. of that. Uh, the weird thing is, is that I played act one because that they started us right at the beginning, mm-hmm. which for those who don't know, act one has been available for the last couple of years in early access. I will say they are adding a bunch of new content to 1.0 act one. They claim like 40%. I think that's what Ben said during a meeting. Um, I mean, I didn't ask, I, it was hard for me to tell cause I played one or I played early access like mm-hmm. in 2021 or 2020, whenever it came out. Uh, but it seemed like there was a good amount of new stuff, and not only that, they added new. Uh, they added uh, two new races, the mm-hmm. half orcs and the dragonborn, and then they yeah. added a new class in the monk, and then they added a bunch of subclass or uh, yeah, sub subclasses. I think they're subclasses. Mm-hmm. That's what they're called. From there, uh, so like even if content wise, there's not a whole lot. There's still a bunch of new character creation stuff that you can dig into, including genitals. Hey. Which I didn't get to see because yeah. I didn't spend any time <laughs> yeah. in character creation because I was like, oh, I got a limited amount of time. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to make a dragonborn because that seems kind of yeah. cool and, uh, and, and use fire breath and stuff. Um, we as well, dragonborn genital content on GameSpot.com, and you've ruined our chances. I know. Well, wow. we couldn't capture, but I guess I could have oh. asked about it. Follow up email. Can yeah, you please excuse send me. me. <laughs> B roll for science. Um, I, I do think it's interesting that. I mean, I guess it's just this in cyberpunk, but I do think it's more interesting that games are less afraid to show dong and character creation and that I kind agree. of stuff. Yes, like I, I. For most games, I don't think it would make a lot of sense, but I think for role playing games, oddly enough, like for especially like yeah. deep role playing games. Kind of like the detail, you know. Like, sure, I want to yeah. be able to customize my character down to the dong, you know. Yeah, yeah. Or like you know, <laughs> in in Divinity, like people would react if you like put a bucket on your head and be like, "Why yeah. are you wearing a bucket on your head? That's weird." Like, so they should also be able to react like, "Why? Why do you not have any pants on?" Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, right? Like, I would I would like some level of interactivity from that. Um, 
But anyway, yeah, so I played about four hours or so as the Dark Urge, which is one of the new origin stories that they also announced, which is, I think, the only origin story that you have some customization over and that Mm. you can choose your class. Um, I think I was still locked into Dragonborn when I was playing it. Sure. Um, But I don't know if that is necessarily supposed to be the case. Uh, And that is pretty cool because it is basically the story of Baldur's Gate 3, except the entire time you're trying to figure out your past and your past seems like you were a serial killer, but you lost Hell all your memory. yeah. <laughs> so it's like you're trying to figure that out and you are like actively trying to resist the urge to kill mm-hmm. things because you are you are a serial killer. I kind of like related to Dexter. I don't know if you've seen Dexter, but it seemed sort of like, <laughs> sure. it seems like you could be like the quote unquote good serial killer if you want. But also some of the footage they sent us, you're like dark urge kicks in when there's a squirrel and you can just kick the squirrel and you wow. why would the, you kick the squirrel? Because well, dark urge, you got to kill things. You know that's how it starts. Uh, oh and the footage is really dark, but also kind of funny because the character just kicks this squirrel. It goes flying. It hits a tree. I've never seen more blood fly out of a small animal in my life than Jesus it hits the Christ. ground, and a bunch more blood flies out. Oh I think it, it's dark. It's probably not for everyone, um, but you don't have to do that, right? You can just. I think ignore the squirrel, but I think that was one of my major mm. takeaways uh, was that this game's pretty funny. And like, I think that's, murdering animals is hilarious. Well, <laughs> maybe that's, Jake, uh, I, I thought it was kind of funny, but maybe some people don't find that funny. But um, beyond that, there is a lot of really funny situations yeah. that you can find yourself in, which uh, I haven't played a lot of D and D Jordan you have, but I think that's true to the D and D experience, right? Part of it is like, ridiculous situations people end up laughing mm-hmm. having a good time it's not just serious yeah. elf talk or something yeah i don't know i say baldur's gate looks like people who are like i want to play D, but i also don't want to meet with a group of my mm-hmm. friends for four hours every week or every other week to role play that way just because i don't have time and i don't have a mm-hmm. good schedule for it so i just yeah. want to play and emulate the experience by myself. <laughs> yes, yes. Although you can also play it co-op and emulate the experience of having to drag everyone together every week and then quitting the campaign yes. 10 hours in, uh, as pretty much all of my co-op uh, Divinity Original Sin 2 I, campaigns ended. I don't, <laughs> I don't think, think I made it. it. Yeah, I barely made it into Act 2 every yeah. time. Like, I feel like one or two sittings, we'd get through Act 1 and be like, hell yeah, we're we on a good it. pace, and then get there and be like, oh, I don't know what to do now. Yeah. Um, I will say like Divinity though, the co-op is super in depth. Like, I don't know how that game can juggle all of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I I mean, you can split up entirely. I can be on one side of the world and you can be on the other. And like, I could be doing quests, you could be doing quests. And supposedly if those quests intertwine, they're going to have to, uh, I guess, work themselves out. Even if you made decisions that... Counter, I like I, I I honestly I cannot fathom how it works. So I'm super curious to see how yeah. um, co-op is going to pan out. Like obviously we played some co-op and I think I played with it was like you, me, Callie, and Matt. We played some co-op oh, yeah. for early access. I that. And like even then, like it was it seemed a little more controlled. Mm-hmm. But even then, like I remember, you know, talking to a character and then someone just decides they don't like this character, and then mid-conversation, <laughs> this character dies, and it's like, well. All right, I guess that's that. We're moving on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I say, like, didn't Kurt make a video for Baldur's Gate like about how many permutations they had to do to get like this box to basically yes. work like in the game? And I'm like, how 
this game is going to have to extrapolate based off a choice like that. And especially in co-op where there's multiple people working, mm-hmm. and it's just going to keep going and going. I'm like, I hope this game just runs perfectly fine. <laughs> like, <when it laughs> launches. Right? Uh, yeah. But like, I'm like, man, that's, there must be so many systems working on the back end. Like a part of me is like, do I get this game for PC or do I get it for PlayStation mm. five? I don't know which one's going to be better optimize yeah mm, i mean i question. will say when i played on p so they had ps5 set up and they had um pc i mostly played on pc but i did dabble with ps5 a little bit uh, mostly just like character creation stuff but pc ran pretty well like i didn't have a lot of bugs but also that's that 1.0 or, or i mean that's that act one which i imagine they've been like working on mm-hmm. for a very long time also working on publicly mm-hmm. so people have been submitting bugs directly related to True. act one so they're they're probably it's probably much easier to address that kind of stuff um but yeah it, it seemed pretty polished from what i played i mean polished as much as you can expect from a 70 hour uh multi-path rpg yeah. with a bunch of different characters and mm-hmm. so, so you know like obviously the cutscenes don't look uh super ridiculous and pretty and like some of the animations are a bit robotic but like i think that's that's kind of par for the course for a game this this expansive yeah, yeah. but there was still like a i think the the level of detail in those cutscenes compared mm-hmm. to divinity uh is like it's crazy impressive like yeah how they're just like i thought that game was so good and i was like wow like this is just like a new standard for rpgs and like what they can be and their yeah. activity all voice acted like they cinematic cuts between characters yeah. um so it's super impressive yeah it's wild yeah um i cannot wait to I'm dive into that excited. yes uh, mm-hmm. uh apparently according to one jason schreier <laughs> they're not going to send out codes until six days before the game comes out so um yeah that's d- wild whoever <laughs> reviews that game for GameSpot, i really hope that tab does not expect them to have finished the game i would assume I, not yeah, yeah. i, think I would assume not but we're gonna like, take oh it easy gosh. with that one we're not gonna <laughs> we're not gonna kill ourselves over that uh as, as tempting as it might be because that game looks like there's just so much to, to tackle in that game but yeah was there anything else uh you got to do in belgium that was cool or fun um, I know you have that that travel vlog, like you said, so you can check that out. The travel vlog, I feel like, showed a lot of the highlights, and I don't, okay. don't want to spoil them there, okay, but we, okay. we did go to a castle with a, uh, a torture chamber, um, and that was kind of wild. Um, we had some Belgian waffles... Mm. Uh, which which were very good. The Belgian waffles? The Belgian waffles. What, what, what makes Belgian waffles... <laughs> Do they taste waffles? any different? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. No. I mean, they tasted better. <laughs> uh, well, I sure. got like a, 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 a like they're, they're, they seem mostly dessert e too. Like okay. I don't know if you'd have them for breakfast necessarily. Mm, yeah. Um, Dan had like a chocolate ice cream Belgian waffle, and I had like a strawberry banana um, one. Mm. And like the second like you cut a piece of it, you just hear like the crispiness of it, and mm. is 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 very good. Uh, oh, and the and the Belgian beer is also very good. Oh, sure. Very strong too. Oh, I bet. It was very difficult to find beer less than like 8% unless it was like Stella. And I'm like, I'm not going to get Stella in Belgium. Less than 8%. (laughs) Jesus. Wow. That's, yeah. They know how to drink beer out there. They do. They sure do. And they know how to brew it too. Brew beer? Hmm? Yeah. Is that what it is? They brew brew beer? Yeah. Yeah. 
You brew, brew it, right? Because you, bre- you have a brewery. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're so right. you would brew it, I assume. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> uh, Jake, we've been talking a lot about Final Fantasy 16 on this podcast, mm-hmm. um, but you have finished it. I've completed Final you Fantasy finished. 16. Do you have any last thoughts uh, now that you have finished that game? I love the first half. I think the first half is incredible. The second half is good, but it is so poorly paced. There are just so many yeah. side quests that the game throws at you at the end that it there's these dramatic set pieces and you want to know what happens next and then you get back to your base and like 16 quests pop up and it's like, oh God. And sure, you can make the argument, you don't have to do that. I don't have to do that, but I do it anyway because I'm broken. Uh, I, and I, it, it, it severely ruined, not ruined, but it like really messed up the pacing of that yeah. back half of the game. Uh, like, to I, the, don't like, there's some good quests that you'll mm-hmm. want to do when you get to that point. Yeah. But I would recommend almost looking up like which quests are worth doing, which aren't. Right. Cause there's a lot, like it just, it really throws them at you. And it's mm-hmm. kind of disappointing cause that game was on track to be one of my favorite games of the year. And then I got to that second half and I was like, Oh my God, I just want to know what happens. Like I don't need all right. these <laughs> side quests. Yeah. I was going to say like, I don't think the, I, I kind of don't agree with the argument of like, Oh, well you don't have to play them. It's like, okay, but like they're you there as a developer, they're like there, paste though. them there in that way. <laughs> like it's not like the developer was like, Hey, let's just throw some quests in and like, you know, but you don't have to play them. In fact, it's probably better if you don't like, no, like they obviously put them there because they want people to play them. So like, you know, I think that is a valid critique of that, that even though you can technically ignore it. Also, there's no way to know what's the good or what's the bad ones. You know, there's like this Mm -hmm. very good example of a a quest in the middle of that game that is like extremely good and has like Mm -hmm. some great character development. There's like three of those at the very end too that are like, yes, you'll kind of know them because they're like primary character focused. Those are the ones you want to do. And then there's a bunch of side characters that have like final side quests that are kind of like meant to be like, Oh, so you can say goodbye to these characters. But it's like, I don't give a, I don't give a crap about this dude who gave me one quest at like, sure. And, and chapter two or something (laughs) like that, you know, it's like, I, I don't, I don't care. Um, what I will say though is that like that core cast of characters is really really good. Like mm. I love Jill. I I, I love Jill. I, I really liked Clive. Um, Joshua. I was lukewarm on. Mm. But like, um, there's another character. I don't want to say who it is because I don't know if people have gotten that far. But there's another character that I absolutely adore. Um, and I'm just bummed that he didn't get as much screen time as I think he should have. And it kind of makes me yearn for like a more robust party sure. in this game. <laughs> like I kind of wish yeah. Jill, Joshua, Sid was like with you the entire time. Yeah. I, the party stuff is definitely the biggest thing about this game that yeah. I feel like it is lacking compared to other final fantasies. Mm-hmm. Like it's more of a singular story about Clive. Yeah. Which I think works to be fair. Sure. But, like, all these characters are so solid that it's just like, man, I really want to see more of these characters. Like, I hope they do DLC that focuses on Jill or focuses on Mm. this other character. And, it, yeah, there are very impressive things about that game. But there are also some letdowns. Uh, Like, once again, won't spoil anything, but the final chapter is really good. And the music is so incredible (laughs) leading up to that point. And, like, it's such a great, like... uh, like fuck yeah throw down the controller like get all hyped up yeah. moment like all, all that stuff's really good jordan have you played 16 at all 
I haven't. I, I do technically have it. I just haven't actually gotten in to it. Uh, mm. Matt Espinelli mm-hmm. and I got <laughs> into this last week. He really wants me to play it. It's it's one of those things that like I do want to get into it, but I've Jake, you were not the first person to tell me that the second half, it's not like bad, but it's just not as strong as the first half. And I'm just so worried that I'll play the game. I'll get through the first half and then we'll be hit with the Baldur's Gate, Stray Gods, Starfield, like RPG, like fall, winter season, back to back to back. And I'll stop to like play Mm -hmm. those games. And then it will just be so difficult to get back into Final Fantasy after that. And I could be overthinking this and maybe I should just play it. And it's like, you know what? You take a break, you come back to it five months later and hopefully you remember what's uh, going on. But uh, like we we are spoiled for choice when it comes to RPGs this year. Um, And I just feel like it's one of those things that between Final Fantasy and the other RPGs that we're getting this year, I'll probably choose the other ones over Final Fantasy. So I'm like... I'll just wait till January slash February when usually there aren't too many games mm-hmm. coming out. Depending. Um, and then I'll probably I don't know. We'll see, though. We'll, <laughs> we'll see, Jordan. We'll see. <laughs> uh, that used to be the case. And then this past two years, they've decided to like <laughs> screw us over repeatedly yeah, in January, February. <laughs> it's kind of crazy how like gaming just has not stopped. I feel like, like yeah. it's wild. Like This month is kind of light, um, except for a few smaller games, which we'll talk about in a second. But yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty wild. Do you, do you think that's going to be the trend going forward? Or do you think this is just a symptom of COVID and del- internal delays, mm. external delays? Well, I definitely uh, think that's why we got a bunch of stuff in February. Yeah, was because of all the COVID yeah. delays. But you know, that kind of then just pushes that into the new norm. Like, okay, mm-hmm. well, if we release our game during this time and it, hey, it ended up selling well or whatever, and then we start our yeah. dev cycle. Like, ideally, we've had a few you know, examples of games like Dying Light Two that probably wouldn't have done amazing in a summer slot that did pretty well in their like early yeah. quarter yeah. one mm-hmm. uh, slot. So I think other AAA devs are looking at that and like, oh our game can't go up against like call of duty or assassin's creed, but we can do pretty well if we're like the one of two major games coming out yeah. in February or March. Yeah. I feel like trying to hit the Christmas like rush isn't quite maybe the priority it used to be anymore. Like I'm sure it's still important um, to some degree, but um, it doesn't feel like that thing where it's like, we have to have it out for a holiday. Like it, yeah. that just doesn't yeah. feel like that's a thing that they care as much about the way they, d- they used to. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, there's so many games now that like they base their success on longevity, right? Like it's true. less like, oh, we have to hit and hit hard. Now it's like we have to hit at the time that people have time to play our game and they'll yes. s- still be playing it like two or three weeks later. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you need you need time to be able to do that. Like stray gods moved their release date like seven days back after Baldur's Gate was like, oh, yeah, we're going to launch a little bit early on pc on august 3rd it's straight cuts like okay we're gonna move to august 10th because uh, <laughs> it's like there are probably some people who will play both games but between the two there's probably more people who were like well if i have to choose one i'm going to choose the giant game from Morgan yeah. studios as opposed to I, the smaller studio out of australia totally. i definitely think there is 
some well i guess i don't know i probably shouldn't speak on that on this because i don't really have the numbers or anything but i do think like there's something to be said about like the audience the kind of audience that wants to play Baldur's gate and the kind of audience that wants to play stray gods um actually i don't know much about stray gods maybe if it's very similar to Baldur's gate like a top-down <laughs> crpg then i'm completely yeah. wrong here um but like i do think like the people who are interested in stray gods probably aren't going to be in a situation where it's like, oh man, I can only decide between Baldur's Gate or stray gods. It's probably like you've been really excited for stray gods for a while and that's right. what you're going to get. Or like uh, if you're into Baldur's Gate, there's probably a good chance you don't even know what stray gods is. And you're just like, oh, I'm going to get Baldur's Gate because my right. friends on Discord told me to get Baldur's Gate and then we're going to start a campaign and play once and never play again. But that's not going to happen to us. Jean-Luc. No, we're Let's gonna keep it, keep we're gonna alive. we're gonna actually finish our campaign. I swear. No, There's we're not. No way. <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> but even like like I, I do see like I, I I don't know if they confirmed it or anything, but like I do see the reasoning as to why uh, Larian would want to move Baldur's Gate a month ahead. Starfield, oh yeah, because those are two mm-hmm. RPGs and like. There's a Bethesda RPG, which millions of people are going to want to buy. And then there is a Larian RPG, which millions of people would want to buy too. But I feel like, you know, if they both come out the same day, then I think you're in a situation where it's like, okay, I can only buy one. I'm going to do Starfield because that's that's the the first single-player Bethesda game they've made since Fallout 4 in 2015 or whatever. That's going to be an interesting one. I... The the YouTuber comparison, the gamer comparisons between those two <laughs> games will be very interesting. I I fully expect lots of uh. I've already seen it, like PlayStation Five oh, Starfields, and I'm like, eh. <laughs> well, sure that, but I'm just thinking more like the quality. Like I, yeah. people are going to compare like the writing of Larian, sure. you know, with Baldur's Gate versus like Starfield, and um, I even I, think I, Final Fantasy yeah. is coming out early. I mean, not early enough, close enough to them that at the end of the year, people are going to probably just kind of be like oh i wonder which of these three rpgs more sure. people latched on to yeah. more now granted all three of them very different types very different rpgs um, appeal to yeah. very different types of game <laughs> gamers and play styles but but i think like your average joe is going to do starfield like sure. probably like seven um, out of unle- ten um, times um, i think it's going to be a playstation 5 only person <laughs> unless they're a playstation 5 only person then it'll be Final Fantasy, or uh, I guess that's, that's where it's thing. even they, trickier too, right? Because I guess, like, but they got Final Fantasy. Yeah, no you, one else could play that. Yeah, so there you go. And I mean, Baldur's <laughs> Gate is not coming to Xbox. So there's that too. Yeah. Well, well, I, I think it now. is coming yeah. to Xbox, yeah, but it's just not at launch. Yeah. yeah, they couldn't figure out how to make it work on Series S. I think was part of their yes. That's what they're saying. That that's been a reason. I don't think I've ever heard that for a game like up to this point. That no, like the series point, S was kind of holding back the Xbox port. Well, I have it's heard split screen, right? That I think is yes, yeah, so specifically the split screen. I haven't heard of a game specifically not come out because of the series S, but I have seen some articles where developers were saying how the series S has been like a, a like bottleneck yeah. in development, and it's been like a problem, and like they're they're kind of like, can we not? Like it would be easier if we just couldn't <laughs> develop for it. So. Um, that's why that's why they took a split screen campaign out of Halo Infinite. Is it really? No, I just made that up. But <laughs> <laughs> you said it so convincingly. <laughs> I have no idea, but they got rid of it, and I'm like, well, if 
Larian's having issues with no, that's speculation. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. <laughs> We're not game yeah. developers. Yeah. We don't know any of that stuff. We just talk <laughs> about games. Uh, like the Outlast Trials. Jake, we've been playing more of that. Yeah, I love this game. That, I think, that game is good. That I, game's like an underrated, like there's a couple yeah. games this year that are like sleeper hits, like no one's talking about. A few of which I haven't even played yet, like Amnesia the Bunker. I really want to <laughs> check that out. I have played some of that. Ooh, is it good? Uh, It's Creepy not really fuck. my thing, but it seems <laughs> okay. very cool. <laughs> okay, okay. I do want to check it out because I heard it's kind of like it, a roguelike survival. A, a horror immersive sim. That sounds fucking great. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I just got overwhelmed very quickly. Fair enough. Because those games are overwhelming. Not in a bad way, but like in a way it's like be ready to to, to, to experience dread for the next oh, couple hours. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely. Um, but, but yeah, no. we've we've been playing Outlast and that game, that game rules. It's so much fun. <laughs> I like how many dumb details are in that game. Mm-hmm. Like we were playing with Callie the other night. And she was just decorating her little cell for a very long time. As you do. Forgets to upgrade all of her gear. So we get in a, we get in a mission and she's like, oh, I didn't do any of this because I was upgrading my cell. We're oh, like, great. all right, go back out so you can so you can upgrade your character. Um, but, it, but it's cool. I'm impressed. I think I said before, but I'm just impressed how cinematic this game is for being an early yeah. access and for being multiplayer. A, a multiplayer co-op game. Like it... There's, there's a lot of polish. It looks really good. Like mm-hmm. the enemy, there's a, there's a lot of good design, like art design, uh, level design, all that kind of stuff. It it it's fun. I kind of wish there was a little more variation to replaying some of those levels. Yeah, but I don't know how you do that uh, without trading off some of that those the more cinematic aspects yeah. of it. So I think if anything, it it would. What I would hope would the final product would just maybe have a lot more and it just I, feels yeah. like a fully fleshed out thing because the game does, it, despite being single player or sorry, multiplayer, it's not it, it's not designed as like an always uh, like a live service thing. Like no. it does actually have like, you know, a pretty straightforward like you play, you get upgrades, you put in those upgrades to get permanent upgrades. And then eventually there is like a you win state. There's an end state. Yeah, you like have to uh, shoot for if you get like 10 tokens, you can just leave. You can leave. You have to do one final challenge, though, apparently. And it's like single player, which is kind of cool. But like it has like a actual ending to it that you would beat. So it's not meant to be this game that you necessarily like are supposed to play forever. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's supposed to be repeatable, but not like infinitely repeatable. So if the final product just has like a ton of these levels and then you can just like go through and have like a really good time playing all of them and then you escape at the end like yeah that sounds great yeah i i hope because right now i think you can only get tokens to escape in the final or mission x or whatever i don't know i was like looking it up it's like this insane there's something called project x but to unlock it you have to move each level on like the hardest difficulty and get like an a plus or it was it sounded ridiculous but i i hope because there's three main missions now and i hope they just eventually like add 10 of them and do once you've mastered each one you get a token and then once you get 10 you leave because those levels are really good and they are fun to replay like i've replayed them all at least three or four times and like i'm still enjoying it each time i replay it even though they're a little more predictable but um i played with some of the modifiers like one of the harder difficulties the other Mm. night and that's kind of fun because it adds more traps more enemies less items um, so there is variation in that sense, but I guess like objective variation would be, would, mm-hmm. would be kind of cool. Or like you're saying, just 
start adding more of those campaigns. But I imagine those campaigns are very hard to make. So narratively, does it connect to the other Outlast games at all? Or is it kind of more like it uses the vibe of Outlast, but it's not actually really connected to the other Outlast games? I think it might connect to them. Uh, mm-hmm. There's some like documents you can find yeah. with the deep lore, and I, I haven't read probably any of like, them. oh, the name of this guy is <laughs> the dude who made the thing in the first one, but it's like I don't really know or care about that stuff. So it's there for but those I who do, want Jordan it, Luke. but <laughs> well, it's there for you, Jordan. Then if, you, if that's what you're looking for, then yes. oh boy, you got it. Uh, but <laughs> it's not like oh, you have to play the other Outlast games to know what's going on or anything like that. It is. It is. It is dark and gory, though. It is dark and gory. But like, yes. there's a little cheese to it. But like, yeah, saw dude's legs off. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, stuff it's, like that. It's going for that that outlasty kind of grim dark. Uh, very, very saw, I would say. Like, the, yeah. you know, yeah. There's like uh, one of the areas is like, okay, you got to find keys in order to get through these doors, and the keys are in people's dead bodies. And you cool, like cool, cool, reach cool, cool. into their guts <laughs> yeah. and like it's all in first person and you see like your character digging around or like I yeah. think you even reach down like their neck holes to yes. like grab the keys straight sometimes. out of cool. uh, Resident Evil 7 <laughs> and like you do that in that game. There's another one where you have to like turn these valves but you have to like follow the pipes all the way to the valves the and if worst you do one. the wrong one there's like this metal clamp that shuts on your character so you like turn it and then these spike clamp shuts on your character's hands it's like yeah. it's very saw like yeah very saw like <laughs> It's cool. It's fun. All right, Jordan, you've put down D and D all the time, baby. Yeah, <laughs> you, is that all you've had time for lately? I will say, yeah, I, I have not uh, played any games. There are games that I want to play. I want to get into mm-hmm. Viewfinder. I want to yep. do Ghost Trick. Um, all things I'll talk about. I'll get to Final Fantasy. I probably won't before all the other RPGs come out, but I'll get to it at some point. But no, a a lot of my after uh, hours time has been filled uh, either playing in other people's D&D campaigns or planning my own uh, D&D campaign slash uh, one shots. Um, I'm basically playing either as the game master or as a player pretty much every week so like a lot of my time is spent uh writing and doing stuff like that and in an effort to get better at it i've also uh signed up for this like after hours ttrpg creative writing class that they're like going through like best practices for like planning how to write certain stories like different resources you can use people you could reach out to um and like best practices and i'm like oh my writing is getting so much better um Mm -hmm. with like the key idea of like doing something by the end of the course that uh can be published through uh third party uh means and i'm like so that'll be cool at the end of this i'll have like a short little D &D one shot thing that people can uh play over the course of like four or five hours at home that I can just put online that other people <laughs> can take and play at their tables at home. Um, that sounds so that's incredible. Been like, yeah, it's it's really fun. It takes almost all of my creative energy focused sure. on that. So it's yeah. usually one of those things where I'm finishing up like I've had dinner and I've spent time with uh, my 
partner or something like that. And then it's like 11, 1130. I'm like, I really don't want to jump <laughs> into a new mm-hmm. video game uh, right now. So that's been what I've been mostly up to for the past mm-hmm. weeks now, because uh, the class has been going on for uh, two and a half, three weeks at this point. Um, and the just D&D stuff has just been slowly accumulating more and more mm-hmm. just over the course yeah. of the year. I was kind of just doing it like as like a small time hobby thing at one point, And I've just been mo- doing more and more and more of it as we've gotten deeper into 2023. And now it's basically taken over my life. But it's made me very excited for Baldur's Gate 3. I bet. Uh, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many campaigns are you in and you're running one? Yeah. Uh, so I run one campaign that's every uh, other week. And then I'm in uh, a campaign as a player that's also uh, every mm-hmm. other week. And, um, and, and then, then on that, top of writing. that, I also run a few one shots, which okay. are just like quick we kind of get together, you throw together an idea for a character. Everyone has mm-hmm. like a good old time for like anywhere between two to five hours, depending on how much free time people have for that particular Saturday or something like that. Uh, and I usually do those on any weeks where I'm like, Oh, uh, we couldn't make my campaign work this week. So nothing's going on or the campaign I'm a player in someone else like couldn't make it work that week. So, it didn't happen. I'm like, let me fill that week with more Dungeons and Dragons uh, by just quickly throwing together uh, a quick uh, one shot. Um, and that's been really fun uh, for no other reason that I usually set the one shot in the world that I run in my campaign. Uh, so I basically do the thing where like games that eventually they come out and they're like, you know, what? we didn't really explain what this was supposed to be. So let's release DLC for it. I'm like, that's what my one shots are. They're DLC <laughs> to catch uh, my other players up. I'm like, look, you missed like this one narrative detail or like I forgot to like write something in the lore and I need to catch you all up on it. So we're just going to do a quick three hour thing that basically is touching <laughs> on this. Like, just one a quick thing, three hour thing. Quick. Yeah, just super quick. Um, but yeah, the planning process for that is brutal as hell. Um, I know I don't have to do it, but I really like doing the thing where if someone creates a backstory for a character, I'm like, well, I don't want it to just be a story that like I'm telling to them. Mm -hmm. It's like a person who's playing in a tabletop game like they're the main characters of the story. So whatever their backstory is should inform what the actual plot line is like you don't have. Mm a witcher game that has nothing to do with being a witcher. That makes an absolutely no sense. Yeah. So like a lot of it is like just writing uh, to be like, okay, I hear what your backstory is and what your backstory is and what your backstory is. Mm. Let me figure out how oh, your four different backstories can somehow come together to make some sort of <laughs> narrative or yeah. story. Um, and then just trying to write to fit that as best I can. And that is that is so much creative energy. <laughs> I take it's I take it though it's pretty satisfying to watch it pay off when you can like reveal those story elements to people and it probably catches them oh, off yeah. guard like, oh, they he he included my backstory here and like yeah. now we are mm. you know 
my character is evolving in ways other than just leveling up. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes they're like, Jordan, did you make my loving father like secretly the bad guy of this i'm like i don't know maybe like he seemed like a cool character and i wanted to corrupt him in some way uh but yeah (laughs) for the most part people seem to like it a lot and i get so much of a thrill out of people either hearing my stories and getting really scared if it's like a Mm -hmm. horror thing or being really excited and having a good time if it's more of a comedy thing um i i just i just love telling stories so much and i love it when people like hearing the stories that i'm telling (laughs) yeah man that sounds so much fun the 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 one time we tried to do a DD thing together it didn't really work out in the long run unfortunately just because like timing and stuff but i have been like man i really wish that would have worked out I kind of wanted to keep <laughs> trying that because I feel like I didn't really get a like, I feel like I was just starting to get into the groove of it. You know, like it takes a mm-hmm. while, like even as yeah. a player to just like be mm-hmm. like break out of your shell and get comfortable with the character that you're playing. Cause you like, don't really know. You're like, Oh, I'm, I'm just kind of figuring this out. So like, I, I still feel like I haven't hit that point in a D and D campaign where I've played long enough to actually feel like, fully into it you know what i mean where it's like i'm not really experiencing yeah. D yet you know so maybe one day maybe yeah. i'll play your we'll one shot you yeah I'll, well, that you'll make at the end of this campaign or your uh, your class Hell that'd yeah. be fun that would be Hell fun. yeah <laughs> all right well moving on to what i've been playing which is uh, a couple of the big games this week one of them is pikmin 4 hell yeah fourth pikmin uh the reviews up on GameSpot. steve watts reviewed it gave it a seven out of ten which is a good right that's what it's called on our site good yes Mm -hmm. and it's good it is good um for my own um point of view i have never played a pikmin game before so i i was coming at this with no you know, like preconceived, you know, notions of like what Pikmin was. Like I kind of knew the basic premise of it, but I, I'm I'm not comparing it to the previous ones. I'm just comparing it to this game on its own. And I think it's a lot of fun. It's not particularly difficult, I would say. It's very chill and relaxed. You know, like there's not much pressure in the game, which is kind of weird because I have heard that some of the older Pikmin's can get pretty difficult and there's all these elements that feel like you know they would be they're kind of there to instill a sense of pressure like you know uh there's a there's a time limit for like each day right so it's like uh you want to make the most use out of the day and even have a thing so there's a a a a a mode in the game called dandori battles which is like their kind of co-op versus mode um that uh, is also in the single player against AI and, but the, the term Dandori essentially like is a Japanese term that is about like the idea of sort of like organizing yourself to um, be as efficient as possible with your tasks. And they talk about that in the game, like the idea of Dandori and like the, they're like, try and apply Dandori to the rest of the game and your everyday life. And like, they're really like hung up on the idea of Dandori. Mm -hmm. And so that makes sense in the context of the game because it's like, well, I have a limited amount of time to do all these things. So you want to 
you know, maximize your efficiency with your Pikmin. Like, I'm going to have these Pikmin go over and attack this creature. These Pikmin go pick up this object. Uh, so it feels like it's encouraging you to do that. But then there's not actually any real stakes to taking your time, at least in the, the beginning of the game. Like, mm. you know, you can... I know in the apparently in the original Pikmin, there was like a, a certain day limit. I think you had like 30 days to beat it. Otherwise, you would lose. That's not a thing in this one. Mm-hmm. I think it wasn't a thing. It was only in the first one, to be fair. But like, you know, you can play this game as casually and chill as you want. I rarely had Pikmin die, if ever. Um, like it was pretty easy, which is kind of weird because they have a rewind mechanic in this game. Mm-hmm. I wish Kurt was here this week because I know he has feelings on the rewind mechanic he thinks it's stupid and bad uh, <laughs> but uh because because to him it like takes away the challenge of the game that you can just at any point basically say oh a couple of my pikmin died i'm gonna rewind um and the game even like kind of tries to make you do it all the time because you'll lose like one pikmin and you'll get a little voice over the radio from your fellow <laughs> um uh crewmates and they'll be like Oh no, the Pikmin died. If only there was some way to turn back time. And you're like, oh, okay. And I'm just <laughs> sitting there only. like, yeah. And I'm like, it's just like one Pikmin, man. Like it's fine. I have like a bunch of them. It's, it's, it's cool. But I only ever had to do it once. And that's just cause I was just not paying attention and let a couple of like key critical Pikmin that I needed in, in a dungeon like die. But otherwise the game isn't really that difficult which I thought was fine. I, I I don't think there's a problem with that. Like mm-hmm. I, it was a very chill game and the, the music and the atmosphere of it. I mean, you're just like this little tiny dude running around a garden. It's so gorgeous. I mean, goddamn, the switch is still pulling out some real lookers of some games yeah. here. Uh, even in 2023, like it looks great. The music is chill. It's such a vibe game. And I really enjoyed it as a vibe game. But I think if you're maybe looking for more like depth in terms of difficulty, this game isn't really doing that. It's it's pretty chill. I will say they there are some like later game stuff that I can't talk about, um, but is like a little more brings back some of that challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the the majority of the base experience is pretty pretty chill. Okay. I I played the demo and mm-hmm. I really enjoyed what I played of the demo, but not enough to get it, I guess. Mm. Which I like I, I played sure. one and two briefly. Um and as a kid I was like, these aren't the kind of games I'm into. Yeah. But I played the demo <laughs> and I was like, okay, I appreciate this. I like that I don't feel as stressed as I did. Because when I was a kid, I felt stressed playing Pikmin 1. Sure. Specifically, I don't know if I actually played 2, but I know I had 1 at one point. Um, So, like, I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this mm-hmm. one. I'll probably get it because I'm a sucker for Nintendo games. And, like, also, it's it's Miyamoto, right? Like, it's just kind of like... Sure. Uh, But, yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I really want to like Pikmin, but... Yeah. I feel like when I tried it back in the day, I wasn't into it, and then I did the demo, and I was like, I see what's going on here, and I like this, but I just don't know if it's for me. Yeah. it's. I don't think it's going to be for everyone, but I like like I said, I had a good time with it. Like I, I feel yeah. like I'm, I'm sounding more down on it than I mean to. Like I really did enjoy yeah. my time with it. It's just that like I, I do feel like it was 
maybe lacking a certain something that made me feel like, yeah, like I'm really into this. Like I beat it and I was like, yeah, cool. Cool. That was a that was a good time, you neat. know. Like it was, a, it was yeah, neat. Um, <laughs> but nothing about it was like, oh man, like oh, like, this was just incredible or anything like that. Um, maybe in the way some people were hoping for, because it's Nintendo and it's Pikmin. Um, but like, yeah, like I, I think people who just want like a chill Pikmin game will probably enjoy this. Like, it's a great mm-hmm. podcast game. Mm-hmm. Um, you could just throw on a podcast and wander around and the Pikmin make cute noises so like yeah I mean if that's what you're looking for I would recommend it I think it'd be a good time and that's all I have to say about Pikmin normally I'd wait for a sale <laughs> but I know that sure that would never it's happen Nintendo, that's so happen, I was so. like well I guess I just won't play it then I don't know <laughs> Um. so yeah Pikmin Pikmin was fine like I said didn't blow my socks off you want to know it did blow my socks off you know what blew my fucking mind I played Ghost Trick over the weekend. <laughs> Did you finish it? <laughs> I finished it. Oh, hell yeah. We played I'm it in five like, chapters then. Yeah, we played it in like four settings. And it was like every night we're Damn. like, we're going to just play more Ghost Trick. That game fucking rules. Like, holy shit, what a good game. Like, I, I want to just gush about it, but I also don't want to say anything about it because it's so like the 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 plot twist like it's probably one of the best written games i've played in like a really long time like it, like the writing is so <laughs> uh sharp and funny all the characters in that game are really weird i love the the detective who's like rolls up on his bike and like flips his umbrella yes. around yes. and like struts oh, the, down the, the, the stairs <laughs> so yeah good. like there's these gorgeous animations where everyone looks like they're mo-capped or something i'm not sure how they did it i know the original ds version looked like it too but like all the animations are so expressive the writing is funny uh everyone is like just so weird it it's like they took all the lessons because this is made by the ace attorney people mm-hmm. They took all the lessons from Ace Attorney and then just like cranked that up to eleven in a way that like, like I I really love Ace Attorney, um, but I think like this game blows Ace Attorney out of the water. It's oh, wow. like so okay. much better written and when and did this game first come any. out? Because I know that like <sighs> two thousand it was at the end of the DS. I think the three DS had like just so come it's out. been like two thousand eight or nine then yeah. probably. I think right? it was two thousand nine or two thousand eight. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I want to say like Gamespot. Uh, we gave it like a nine out of ten or something like that, like back in the day or something. Okay. Like that. So it's another one of our like demon souls where we were like, yes, this game is excellent, and yeah, <laughs> everyone and then no one played should it. play it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I played, like I said, I played the first five chapters, and I was super impressed with what I played. I haven't gotten back to it because I was playing it on the flight. It to goes, Belgium man. And was it like, goes places. I feel oh. like I'm about to hit that point where things kind of like not go off the road, but like things really start to happen. Um, Some of the twists and turns, you're like, what? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I, I, I definitely want to get back to it. I was, yeah. I was enjoying quite a bit. Enjoying it quite a yeah, bit. Yeah, it's also like got some of the best pacing. Like no fat at all. Mm-hmm. Like that game, it like gets in. It's uh, like 15 chapters, you said? It's uh, 18 chapters. 18 chapters. It's 18 chapters, but it's very breezy. I don't know what my total hour count was, but like, at no point did I feel like that game was um, like just sort of like lagging mm-hmm. or or kind of like eh, like oh it's taking its time or we're here too much like there are definitely some like moments in Ace Attorney where like they kind of are like padding it out so like 
you're arguing like the weird semantics of like the part of this case that doesn't really matter because like the guy's just trying to like bluff to get out mm-hmm. of you know uh they're like well, what about this and you're like that doesn't matter and but you have to then spend like 20 minutes like arguing why that doesn't actually matter and you're like this has nothing to do with anything like it just feels you get frustrated because you feel yeah. like i just want to get back to like the, 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 the yeah, i want to i want to feel like there's forward momentum happening this game is like it's all forward momentum everything's constantly happening none of the puzzles um feel too long uh or like i i never i only got stuck i think like once and then it was like a hundred percent user error on my part of like, Oh, I didn't realize you could do that. Like that. I'm dumb. So like, that was just me, but like excellent, excellent game. So many amazing characters and moments that I just like want to gush about, but I won't, but I'll just say like, please play this game. If you haven't played it, you should go play ghost trick. It's maybe my favorite game of the year. And I don't know how I'm going to make that argument during the game of the year because this game is a port of a DS game from 2009. I think both Tam and Lucy really like it. So you might have more allies in that fight than you think. Maybe. I still think that's a hard fight because it's not like a Resident Evil remake where it's like, oh, it's fundamentally a, a different game and mm. it's doing this and that. Like, But I'm just sitting here being like, guys, Ghost Trick fucking rules. And like, it deserves... <laughs> It deserves its chance, finally. Uh, so, goddamn, I love that game. I'm really into it. <laughs> it's so good. I'm so anyway. sorry. I'm distracted. Insomniac. Must no, you're have, fine. It, it must have been at San Diego Comic Con. They just released the story trailer for Spider Man Two, oh. and I'm like, oh my god, this game <laughs> looks sick. Uh. <laughs> do I watch that or do I not watch it? I'll probably watch it. Um, dude, I'm excited for that game. I'm, I'm very so excited. excited for that game. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the other game I've only checked out a little bit about, but it also came out this week, was Viewfinder. I bought it today, but I haven't played it yet. Which I'm is play it so you've been playing all the stuff that I want to play, basically. Yeah. Is. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like weirdly was like, I'm gonna play just like a ton of stuff um, this week, and and having a great time. Yeah, Viewfinder. I'm only um, I'm admittedly not very far in it. Um, so I haven't seen, like, I've heard people just describe like, oh, it goes really off the rails with some of the puzzle stuff in a way I haven't experienced yet, but I will say like, even that little bit I did play, which I think was like maybe an hour, it already has so much creativity in the puzzle design and, and just like, is constantly like, oh, like this is how you thought it worked. Actually, you can do this. And you're like, what? Like, that's crazy. And so like, if this is only what's happening in the first hour, like who knows where this game's going to end up. Um, spin it back for context. Viewfinder is a first person game where you uh, find photos and then you can like hold up that photo and then you can like leave an imprint of it and it'll place that photos like in the real world and it becomes what's in the photo becomes real and then you can walk around and the tech behind it looks insane. Like I have no idea how they did it. And I would love to find out. Like I cannot wait for the GDC talk on this game or you know just like someone to interview these developers. Maybe we John need Luke, to get on that. John Luke, be the change you want to be in I this could world. Be, I can you be that person. <laughs> it's true. I'm in a position. I have a job where I could do that. And I'm sitting here being like, man, I sure hope someone does that. <laughs> but it's just like the tech behind it is wild. Where it's like you can literally place it wherever, and it just like reacts. And and um, you can get so creative and weird with the puzzles. Like 
Because it's not just, oh, you can put a thing down and, you know, oh, it makes a thing and then you walk up to it and like now, like, so an easy example would be like, this puzzle has a battery in it and you need like two batteries and there's only one battery in the world. So you like, um, you take the photo with the battery in it and then you like make that photo real and then you can go and grab the battery and oh, wow. and put it down. And okay. you're like, that's cool. So like, that's an easy one. But then there's other stuff like I grabbed this one uh, photo that was just of a like a sunset and I was like I don't really know what I can do with this <laughs> but what it's there to teach you is that wherever you place the photo uh, erases the like stuff in front of it so you can mm. use it to like I used it to destroy like half of a building so that I could walk <laughs> into the other half and basically create like an opening for myself and then like grab a battery from there but then like That's one time cool. I did it and I was like there's no battery and it's because I accidentally destroyed the battery so yeah, I had to like rewind time because you can also uh, rewind time as a mechanic. More rewinding time mechanics. Um, which is very necessary because <laughs> it's super easy to mess up and place the thing wrong. Uh, but then like, yeah, I could do that and, and get the battery. So like weird stuff like that where you're like, this is already melting my brain and I just know that this is only like scratching the surface of yeah. what they can do. They've already started messing with um, different like art styles because like you'll be like, this was a painting. So everything looks like a painting now or... Mm. This was like a screenshot from a video game. So now it looks like Quake and like weird stuff like that. Like it gets really weird, really, really quickly. The one thing I'll say about it so far is um, there is dialogue and I I don't. Love the voice acting. Damn. It's not. It's not great. I watched the trailer and that was one thing that stood out to me was like. Okay, all right. It's a I little was really like, hoping for like Stanley Parable like style yeah. narration yeah. or something. It's it's a little less that and a little more like you you grab the thing and you do it and then she's like this this woman's like talking to you through like a radio or something and she'd be like, "Did you just rewind time? Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. That's oh, no. wild." And you're like, "No, no, <laughs> like." Uh. <laughs> And so I was like, oh, I, I, I'm not a fan of this at all. They did, I won't say what, they do a thing kind of early that sort of like hints at what the story is that was pretty crazy. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. And it made me like a little more interested. It didn't make me necessarily like the voice acting, but it made me be like, oh, okay. I'm kind of intrigued at this story now a little bit more. So maybe I'm willing to see where this goes. But even then, I didn't love the narration. To be fair, it's not a ton and it does slow down. In fact, I I just stopped at a point where you actually lose communication with that character. And then they call you on like a phone that you find like a payphone, and they say, hey, I think I can't communicate with you unless it's a payphone. So I'm just going to leave you a bunch of messages on these payphones. And if you want to hear my messages, just pick up the payphone, which I think is like, if you don't want to talk to her, you just don't have to pick up the payphone. It's like, maybe that's their way of being like, Hey, we know like, if you don't want to hear this, it's optional now, but there is a little bit of that at the beginning. And I was kind of like, not great. Um, but not enough to like, hurt the experience overall like i mean the puzzles are just so damn good that i was so like maybe yeah, it's I'm a game you like turn on a podcast or something while you're playing yeah. i mean yeah probably mm. yeah good good vibe game 
You can always go to the audio settings and just hit the speech bubble and just <laughs> turn all the way down. No, absolutely no disrespect to that that voice actress, but it just was not was not doing it for me. And that seems to be a sentiment from a lot of people playing out the game. But uh, I mean, the puzzles, it's so creative and weird and, and cool. And gosh, I just want to play more of it and see where it goes, because I can just tell it's going to absolutely blow my mind. <laughs> I'm working remotely next week, so I'm mm-hmm. taking my Steam Deck with me. That might be a good one. And I have that installed on mm-hmm. it. I have uh, Dave the Diver, which I still haven't started yet, which everyone says is very good. I played like 10 minutes of it. Not enough to really say anything about yeah. it, but it was like, oh, okay, this seems kind of neat and interesting. Yeah, I, I really want to play it. I hear it just gets like more interesting in, in, as it goes. And then uh, My Friendly Neighborhood, I don't know if you guys have heard of this one, but it is like a... Uh, Sesame Street Resident Evil game. I I saw it and Excuse I was like, "Excuse me, you got to say that one more time." <laughs> but apparently, it's really good. Yeah, it's a yes. Sesame Street Resident Evil style game. And like, yeah, I saw it and, and I was like, I saw emails and stuff about it. And then I was like, yeah, okay, this seems this seems gimmicky. They're trying to like yeah. capture something. But then the reviews started coming out, and the reviews are pretty good. Um, so I want to check that out. And also, Remnant comes. Remnant Two comes out. Yes, I think early access tomorrow, and then full release the twenty fifth. Another game I want to check out. Apparently, not great on Steam Deck, from what I've heard. Hmm. But I still really want to play that because it's not like an good. Unreal Engine Five game. It is an Unreal Ooh. Engine Five game, and it looks pretty good. Um, like the environments look amazing. So yeah, this is a. There's a lot of games. Yeah, a lot of horror <laughs> games this year. I want to check out. Like that, I kind of want to check out that game we talked about. Uh, uh Amnesia. Um, I, I bought during the summer sale that game Homebody, and I really want to check that out. I don't know if you guys have heard about Homebody. Homebody? No, um, it sounds familiar, but it's it's published by the Game Grumps, which is how I heard about it. But um, it is a horror game that, without getting too into it, um, has a like twelve minute style time loop. Where, but you're also like being chased by a serial killer in a house and there apparently gets that's also just like the basic premise but like apparently it gets even crazier from there mm-hmm. everyone tells me it's amazing and as someone who likes horror games and as someone who in theory would have loved 12 minutes <laughs> mechanically <laughs> mechanically I love 12 minutes <laughs> story wise maybe not so much uh, the idea of like Hey, 12 minutes, but it's like a survival horror game. Like that actually sounds really cool. So, uh, I want to yeah. check that one out as well. Uh, and so d- God damn, man, they keep coming. They, they don't stop they coming. They don't stop coming. Smash mouth. They were really, uh, they called it. They called All those years it. Years All in those advance. years ago. <laughs> <laughs> they were specifically talking about video games in, in 2023. <laughs> That's the title. Okay, that's the title. That's the episode. Title. Write it down. Put it in yeah. Slack right now. I'm gonna put it in I'm Slack. About to Smash say, write Mouth. it down because we'll forget. Smash Mouth in called like 2023. Smash Mouth predicted 2023 in games yes, or something. Yes. I don't know. Something uh, like that. Here, uh, episode 201. Uh, listeners, viewers. So what happens is we record the podcast and we're like, that'd be that'd be such a great title. Da, 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 da. And then tomorrow we sit down and we're like, what should we call the title? And no one knows. <laughs> and we're like, we could have sworn we had a good idea yesterday. The but weird, it's gone. The weird thing is like, I do go back and like, listen to the episode when I edit it and I'll, I'll be paying attention. Like, okay, I know we mentioned a title. Sometimes I'll catch it. Other times I won't. And I'll be like, 
I thought we said something, but like, I didn't hear anything. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so, uh, okay. There you go. Episode 201. The games keep coming and they don't stop coming. That's there it is. That's the title. And that's the episode. I think that's uh, everything we wanted to talk about this week. Uh, kind of a little bit of a shortish one than usual, but our 10. No, that's about on par. Anyway, thank you for tuning in. As always, we appreciate you guys always checking in with us and hanging out and, uh, devoting your precious, precious little free time on this earth to hearing us talk about video games. Damn. I'm going to die soon, huh? <laughs> you know, there's been a lot of things in the news lately that have maybe been on my mind. Uh, but it's okay because we have video games and podcasts to drown out <laughs> and beer. the sorrows of the real world. And beer. Yes, lots of beer. Good Belgian beer. That's 8%. Not here, but Not yeah. here, unfortunately. No, this is all expired beer. Um, so we're going to have to go get some more of that. But anyway, this has been GameSpot After Dark. Thank you for listening. If you would like to tune in live, we do record on Twitch every week, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Uh, it's always a small little uh, group of people that tune in, but we always love it when people tune in. So if you're interested in that, happen to be around, throw it on in the background while you're working or doing whatever. We love it and appreciate it. Um, of course, you can rate us on iTunes, Spotify, Wherever you listen to podcasts, give us that five stars uh, or not. You can be honest. You can just you can. I, I, I don't care. You can be brutally honest and just be like, yeah, it's really just a three. It's a pretty mid podcast. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can say you it to me. It's fine. We'll, we'll read it. We'll read it live. Too. I'll read it live. Yeah. Unless you say bad, unless you say like, you know, yeah. hateful quick, things. Then. quick shout out well, to the $1 donation that we just got in the Twitch chat. Well, people can <laughs> donate? Wait, you can donate? What? We have donations? I think we should turn that off. <laughs> that doesn't feel right. That doesn't feel right. I don't even know where that money is going to. I don't know where that money is going to. Hmm, no. Okay. Well, I'm going to check in on that and be like, hey, uh, where's that money going to? Because I actually yeah. have no idea. Anyway, thank you for tuning in and we will see you uh, next time. Bye. Goodbye.